Welcome, welcome, welcome to Armchair Expert. I'm Dan Rathers, and I'm joined by Monica Mouse. Good morning. Good morning to you. Maybe people don't know this, but Rob writes an intro for us. So like he'll remind us of what people's credits are and whatnot. That's right. So can I read you the intro he prepared for today? Oh my today? God, yes. Kristen Bell is podcaster Dak Shepard's wife. <laughs> oh, we love that, Rob. <laughs> podcaster. <laughs> Good job, uh, Wobby Wob. Yes, yeah, so my lovely bride is on today and we're going to talk about our new show, Family Game Fight, which will be debuting, well, the very first episode will have come after the Olympics. Last night. Last night. But we will have all new episodes every Wednesday, starting this Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern and Pacific on NBC. And really importantly, we're going back out on the road. That is right. I'm so excited. Me too. We just did the math the other day, and it was way longer than I certainly thought. It's been almost two years. Yeah. We are going to be doing a live taping of Armchair and Dangerous in Salt Lake City on Thursday, September 16th at the Eccles Theater or Essels Theater. I don't know. It's E-C-C-L-E-S, and I'm dyslexic, so God knows. If you live in Salt Lake City, hopefully you know. And no disrespect for Eccles or Essels Theater. I just can't pronounce the word. Anyways, and the tickets go on sale this Friday, August 13th at 10 a.m. local Utah time. Wait till y'all see David Ferrier in person. What a babe machine. Yeah. He takes your breath away a little. He does. He, you catch your breath. Visit armchairexpertpod.com for the ticket link. Again, 10 a.m. Tickets go on sale on Friday. Go to armchairexpertpod.com if you want to come see Armchair and Dangerous in Salt Lake City on Thursday, September 16th. Please enjoy Kristen Bell. We are supported by Squarespace. Guys, we have a Squarespace website that's just gorgeous. That Wobby Wob, you uh, you built that yourself using all the templates, yeah? I sure did. Yeah, easy peasy? So easy. Well, the best part about Squarespace is it's an all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. You can get discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools, and you can choose from professionally curated layouts and styling options with Squarespace Blueprint. Plus, you can kickstart or update written content on any website, product description, or email with Squarespace AI. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial and save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with the code DAX. We are supported by Intuit, the technology platform that builds your financial confidence. There's some things that school doesn't really teach you, like how to handle the financial world. I mean, look, I did 16 years of school and I didn't have a single class on accruing debt or a hole that that puts you yeah, on. Yeah, they don't teach you that. No effort made whatsoever. If you want more financial knowledge, now is a great time to learn with Intuit for Education program. It has free, easy-to-use resources, like getting a car loan with Credit Karma simulations, understanding taxes with TurboTax lessons, and even learning to run a business with QuickBooks simulations. Check out Intuit's free resources today at intuit.com slash education. Intuit, that's I-N-T-U-I-T dot com slash education. He's an armchair expert. He's an armchair expert. 
What happened? She sent us a text about this neuroscientist who was talking about what Simone Biles. She's a mental performance coach and also a neuroscientist. Since Simone Biles had been talking about this twisties thing that she was experiencing, uh-huh. she was explaining it and that it's experienced by some of these gymnasts and athletes where they think it's related to mental stress in addition to what they're physically doing where the twisties are, you can't actually tell what the floor or the ceiling is. Sure. You don't know where you are. And so they're like- You get disoriented. Yeah, but I think it's way worse than disoriented. Like if you perform on it, if you even have a touch of it, you're at risk. Especially if you're flipping on a four inch piece of wood. Yeah, when she almost landed on her back, she was like, I had the twisties. I couldn't figure out where I was supposed to land. That was so interesting. Was she calling it the twisties? Simone, yeah. Oh, wow. I guess that's the medical term. Oh, wow. That's what they call it. The twisties. I never heard of it before, but then this woman explained it, and I thought she was so interesting, so I sent you guys an information on her, and I'll send you her profile, but my phone is dead. That makes me think of two things. Okay. Instrumentation in an airplane, if you're not instrument trained and you get into like a really dense cloud, you can lose complete perspective on what's oh. up or down. So people like Ooh. crash into the ground because they are so confused. Secondly, I learned this tip on a Discovery Channel show. If you ever find yourself in an avalanche and you're buried... In snow, you can't tell which direction oh, you should be digging. Spit? I've heard that. Yeah, you let spit run out of your mouth. Or pay attention which way the tears in your eyes are falling. When you're and crying. And go in the opposite direction. Crying about not being able to get out of the snow. Just yeah. But aren't they just immediately freezing on your face? Like, can you no. even really cry or spit? Well, it's not like negative 200. Have you ever been oh. in an avalanche? No. Phew. I never even brag about it. But I've checked the temps of all the avalanches that have ever happened, and none mm. of them have been below negative okay. 200. Thank yeah. you. It would freeze on contact. Belle has a little chart in her closet. I don't know if you've seen it. Wow. It's mostly avalanches. Some tornadoes and hurricanes mm. I've been tracking as well. Mm-hmm. You're a bit of an armchair meteorologist. Yeah. Well, I want to know how many cows have been picked up. Uh-huh. So I, t- I track nice. the tornadoes for that. Because you sure, also know sure. how many cows there are um, on land. Right. So if one gets picked up, you have to track that. Well, I deduct it. I don't just You'll track it. I deduct it. for it. Oh, my God. I got a cow You're- count. Cow count. A count, as I call oh. it. Oh, my gosh. But this is boring. I mean, you guys know this. this is <laughs> I know, but I don't know that like all the armchairs know about your charting <laughs> and your tracking and a cow, a cow team. A cow team, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm sure you guys and the armchairs would know cows are the cutest animals on the planet. If you really analyze their face, dogs are up there, but some dogs, busted. Some dogs look Tell me about it. like yours. You punch them in the face. 100% ours. Well, ours are busted because they're not bathed. They're dirty. They're filthy. Okay, yeah. But some dogs actually look rotten. They That's look true. like they're decomposing. Like they're decomposing. Like they yeah. don't have a snout. Their nose is in the center of their skull. They're Ooh. turned. Cows. They they're don't really turn. Pretty standard. And if you really look at their eyes and their lashes, they're the cutest animals. Aww. This is actually new information. I didn't know that you <laughs> liked cows as much as you're oh, saying you do. Cows. I mean, I know you love all animals, but, but I, I wouldn't say, have guessed that. If I was hearing her say this, I would be like, that's bullshit. I've seen them driving down the road. They're not. They they're just, just okay. They look like plywood just standing Mm-mm. about to fall over. But having worked on the ranch and had these cows in many scenes, and you're just sitting there with the cow for hours sometimes, and their humongous ping pong ball eye you looks at you, and you go, oh, hi. Aww. And then they're crazy cute. They look like they have no purpose. They're just like, hey, I see you. I'm and here I'm too. here. We're both here. Wow. You know who has the prettiest eyelashes? The only animal that I think looks, maybe not the only one, Feminine, like where you'd say pretty in the way a woman's pretty, 
is those Bactrian camels. Yeah. Remember our friend John had a Bactrian camel Mm -hmm. and the lady was so feminine. Very attracted to her, yeah. Well, it appeared that John was really attracted to her. The camel the lady? The camel. The lady was the camel. Oh. Female camel, Bactrian camel, female. Okay. Did you write been, yeah, type in I'm female? Um, and then the, oh, female. It's yeah. got to be female. They okay. look so feminine. There's Other so one much is sexier. like, uh, they're very sexy. <laughs> Some oh, a little cute. closer, right? Oh, yeah. That's a girl with like a short hairdo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gone. Juicy cut. She's sweet. Yeah. That I makes like me her. think of the Sade song. Uh, remember when your mama used to say, Sade, don't you come home too late? That's what that camel looks like. I'm (laughs) screen capping this in case you guys want to put it on your feed so people know what we're talking about. That's a great idea. If you had to have sex with one animal. Good question. (laughs) Really good. That's the kind of question I would ask normally. I know. And you'd be upset at me. I would. But here we are, and I'm proud of you. Yeah, why would you not let him ask it and you can ask me it? Because the patriarchy. Mm. But you're putting me on the spot, so now you're joining the patriarchy and on the opposite side of me. I can't join the patriarchy. We're both matriarchs. Right, but I don't want you to treat me like you're the patriarchy. Okay, I don't want to answer that question. I don't want to have sex with animals. Okay, I'm not going to make you answer it. Okay. But it's but to I save mankind. Dads. Then I am flipping it. That's true. Do you think that if anyone's listening to this in the car, they're going to crash just to get out of this conversation? Mm-hmm. Perhaps. Yeah, that's likely. <laughs> yeah. It happens all the time, by the way. Thank God it's underreported. But like 1% of our audience ends their life as a result of our conversation. I bet yeah. if they were going to crash and then they heard me ask if you could have sex with one animal, they, they, get back on they the road. redirected. God, I completely you're agree. saving people's lives. I'd called you out like you were being mischievous mm-hmm. and naughty and mm-hmm. really you were saving some of your fans' lives. Okay, let's go back to the what animal would you have sex with? Because I start from an ethical place. Like... Which animal would probably like to have sex with a human? Because that varies greatly. A bunny rabbit does not want to have sex with a human being. It's dangerous. Mm -hmm. Okay? A mouse. Don't do it. A bonobo chimpanzee is probably down to party. They're all bisexual. They're having sex all day long. They're having oral sex. They're masturbating. Like, they're sexual. They Mm -hmm. probably would enjoy it. If you gave them the option, they might like it. As we know, dolphins are very attracted to humans. Mm -hmm. So for you guys, if you guys had sex with a dolphin, I don't see the ethical dilemma because they would initiate it. Okay, well, now hold on. You just changed a little bit of the question for me because the reason I can't even participate in this conversation Uh is because consent begins any sexual experience for me. I can't really even theoretically have like a bunch of conversations in my head unless there's consent there. But if you're like the animals instigating it, I can go with the flow of this question, but then my consent comes into it, and I don't want to have sex with a dolphin or a bonobo. Yeah. I, I know that. Yeah. That, that's, that's, that's clear that no, no one here wants to cross-pollinate. We, I should have said that from the beginning. This is to save mankind. Okay, I'm, I'm bad at this. Game. Yeah, you just I'm don't want to play, and that's well, fine. you're an act. I'm a activist. It's harder for me because it's hard for the female to instigate it. So think- it's hard for me to really know if they're into it. Wait, mm-hmm. even in dolphins, it's like that? Yeah, I don't know that the female dolphin comes up and like starts dry humping wow, the males. Wow, they have the patriarchy too. Well, everybody does because the boys are supposed to spread their seed. The girls yeah. are supposed to be looking around going, who's going to be good for my kids? Who's yes. going to be give my kids yes. the best option? They're being discerning, whereas the guys are just like... They're playing a numbers game. That's true, yeah. that's true. Yeah. That is true. They're like, one of these 25 women I have sex with will have good genes. 
Yeah, they, you know? they're indiscriminately just pumping and dumping. Pumping and sense. dumping, and then fingers crossed that they hit the numbers game. But some of them have to work very hard because we were watching Planet Earth last night, one of my favorite episodes of it. We've watched that series a couple times with the girls. And one of my favorite parts is there is this species of bird in the rainforest that has to, in order to get a mate, get three of his buddies together, literally wingmen. Yeah. Okay. Oh He's got to God. choreograph... He works with A them. bird dance number. They choreograph it for like an hour. They have a rehearsal. He pecks and yells at them. He's like pissy with them if they get their steps wrong. Yeah. Uh, uh, they have a dress rehearsal. They have a dress rehearsal. It's the funniest thing you've yeah. ever seen. You can't wrap your head around it. And then when they feel like they're all ready, they like put their heads together and they're like, go time. They find a girl. They all stand there. And with one guy in the lead, his backup dancers, they do this choreographed dance for the female. And she's just sitting there like, okay. It's really okay. interesting because if you're, she's wow. like pitching an executive that's heard like 40 pitches that day. Right. She's giving off no clues whether she's enjoying it or not. Mm -hmm. And then even when she gives the okay, very easy to miss. She mm -hmm. just kind of like steps a little bit to the side and he knows, boom, he is on and off her in under two seconds. A hundred percent. Yeah. Wow. Which begs the question like. This is lovely. They put in the time and the effort at least. His brain is telling him that my purpose is to one day get old enough to have my dance team and see if I can get a female. And purpose will drive you, right? The other cute thing they do is so he's got three wingmen and then he's got the leader and then they grab a juvenile male who's like not even the same colors. They literally make him stand in for the female. Oh and he's got to stand God. there. It's a stand-in. It's stand-in. And oh they make the juvenile stand there while he watches this choreographed dance by his older buddies. By the oh, way. It is wow. so this cute. This is fascinating. Also interesting because what's implicit in that is that they're heterosexual, these birds. They procreate with opposite sex. So the adolescent boy is watching the male wooing. And I wonder if he's uncomfortable. Like, I'm not into guys. Mm -hmm. No, I, again, I think that all their tiny little bird brains are telling them is that this is my job. Mm -hmm. Okay, now it's my turn to step up to the plate and be the stand-in. And then I'm going to watch the wingmen because that's my next job. And then mm -hmm. the wingmen are watching the lead singer. Climbing the ladder. Yeah. Yeah, vertical. Like that's, I don't think they're thinking about all this twisted human BS where we have to like identify and label and we're sure. not this. I am Definitely this. Definitely not. That's all nonsense. But do you think the wingmen all become the leader like they can't right so some people probably i mean some people some birds never become the leader that's maybe, right but maybe well i don't know I'm not tracking this really drop the ball i know but tracking. it feels like the wingmen kind of celebrate when the lead guy gets to fertilize and so i feel oh my like God. the base evolution of the locker room Ugh. Okay, you're taking it a different way. I was thinking the guys are pumped like, yes, we did our job here. Mm. And then like, so tomorrow, you guys, if I sense a girl is near, I may need you for my squad. Oh, I, that's okay. A, I love that idea and the egalitarian nature of it. I think there's a hierarchy and I think the lead singer is always the lead singer and those beta males have to just dance is my hunch, unless they get older and bigger or something, I don't know. The only reason I would argue with that is because the lead singer isn't bigger. They're all the same size. So the three could easily overpower the lead singer if he was being crude and like, you guys have to work for me because I'm a pimp now. They would be like, I'm out of here, I'm not your wingman. But in chimp world, sure, three betas could theoretically gang up and beat Frodo, the alpha chimp, but they don't. 
Because he's going to individually catch each of them, and they know that. And they've all had their ass whooped by him once, which is why they're so fearful of his position. But you're, again, and I know you have a degree in primatology and anthropology, but you're relating it to monkeys. None of these birds can catch or beat anybody up. They're birds. I need you guys to know these were Dixie Cup birds. But I don't think that you guys with your naked eye could see a troop of Hamadryas baboons and identify with your eye which one's the biggest. But they still have more aggression. Like, they just, in general, have more instinct to fight. I don't know, because I think that, especially as petite women, we are trained with a sixth sense often to know who the predator in the room is, even if that's the shortest guy with the glasses. If you feel like there is a predatory sense that women can get off of a group of guys. I've never done it with baboons. But again, you could absolutely be right. You have the degree in anthropology. I don't. I'm just saying I watched the show because you were not watching at that time. These little backup singers and Mm -hmm. backup dancers, they seemed super happy for the lead singer. Yeah. And they were like celebrating. And they, I prefer to believe they were supporting each other. Yeah. And what I, I did see them, they were alternating spots in the sun. So they were all seemed to really be enjoying their role. But what's great, and this seemed like a directionless conversation, but as I sit in the middle of it, it occurs to me, guys, this is our life right here. It's Monica and Kristen with a female perspective, and it's Dan with a male perspective, and this is 80% of our debates right here. Mm -hmm. And we've been having an ongoing one that I think I might bring to the table now, which is really fascinating. We were watching this Woodstock documentary. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen it. Woodstock 99. And if you don't know what the doc is about, of course, you had Woodstock 69 or 67, whatever your Woodstock was. And then they decided, let's do it again 30 years later. How many people came? Like 500,000 or 700,000? It's such a scary amount of people. It's insane. So Chris and I are watching this documentary. And what is unavoidable is it's almost exclusively male. No, that's not true. There's a lot of males there. There's a lot of females there. It's in 99. 60 it's to 70% white male. Okay. And everyone's white virtually at this thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the women, so it's at the height of Girls Gone Wild. Do you remember that thing? Yep. Oh, yeah. So, so many girls have their tops off, and so many guys are misbehaving and fucking groping girls, and the whole thing is really disturbing. And there's this collective young male rage happening, and the bands are perfectly complementing that. And then Limp Biscuit gets on stage and like puts the pedal to the metal, and now people start tearing down plywood, well, he, and they're saying because he started yelling "break shit," mm-hmm. and they ripped the towers down, mm-hmm. and they oh set god. fire to the stage. Oh my god! And the fire department had to come, and it was crazy. The previous artists came out, even like heavy metal people that I didn't listen to. Yeah, what to. was the band? They deserve credit. It was the lead singer of, he said, let's let the girls surf on the crowd without all you guys groping. Like, like, let's. Yeah, like he's like, if you see a girl coming by, don't grab her tit, don't be a dick. It was a popular band of the time. Yeah. Was it Red Hot Jelly Pepper? No. No, but they were they awesome. Fucked, they, were, they were awesome, but they didn't help the vibe. Jeez. How come no one was? Ugh. Well, it's really complex, which is why we've been talking about it for two days. Yeah, it's probably led to like 20 debates between Chris and I. Gentle ones, good ones, respectful mm-hmm. ones. But I know how it all started. Kristen said, new rule, males just are not allowed to gather in I groups said young males <laughs> cannot be in groups of five or more. It is just they can't handle it. Mm-hmm. They cannot handle it. I said unless, with a caveat, unless there is a clear, and this is what happens in zoo enclosures too, there is a clear alpha who can wrist slap when somebody gets 
out of order. Big groups of guys scare me. It's like a thing I have. They're scary, yeah. big groups of guys. But if you were there, I know that you could grab their attention, regulate, and like get everybody to stay in line like ducklings. Stop grabbing people's ass and yeah well thank you for that i don't know that that's true but it led to this really bigger deeper conversation that i think everyone's afraid to have okay i don't think any of these things get at the breadth of the problem or a potential solution so i don't think males can't gather in groups of five as a solution and kristen was being facetious obviously but here's my point of view a male point of view and you guys can attack me afterwards offspring that's who did it offspring. oh my yep. god mm-hmm. i loved offspring, the offspring. yeah, yeah. So if you look at elephants, there are no juvenile male elephants in a family of elephants. They all get kicked out for a few years. They're kicked out. They go roam around and they're angry and they attack fucking water buffalo and they knock trees down. And they have so much testosterone and fervor to procreate that they're dangerous to everyone. So they're literally just kicked out for a few years and then they return home And they're chill enough to rejoin. That's Mm -hmm. what happens. Okay. And I think there's this reality about males that no one wants to talk about, which is we were designed to eventually die defending either in a war or someone raiding our tribe or trying to go toe-to-toe with some animal bigger than us. Our role has been kind of expendable and we have a lot of chemistry that allows us to go ape shit and just fight with a hundred other males against another hundred males to protect. That time is over. It existed for 140,000 years and it doesn't exist anymore. That skill set of being willing to die to protect somebody is now obsolete. Mm-hmm. But our genetics didn't change in the wake of that. Our biology didn't change in the wake of that. We have all this vestigial wiring we are still adolescent elephants and so we're not going to kick all teenage and 20 year old boys out of society that's not going to happen and just to be shouting in my opinion socialization is the cure socialize them socialize them nurture 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 i also think you're going to butt up against their biology in the same way that we would acknowledge a female's biology and say Females have a menstrual cycle. When they have a menstrual cycle, they have hormones for three days that are pretty intense. We recognize it. We have a whole industry of products that are trying to alleviate that experience. How are we going to help boys through this? Mm -hmm. Other than just going, that's not how you should behave. I also think there has to be some component where we acknowledge the severity of the biology that's happening. I know there's a very dicey I have so many things to say on this. Okay. The male adolescent elephant is kicked out. It's not a direct comparison because there are a lot of young males who decently control themselves. Like guys I was friends with in high school that were like gentler than a lot of the people I saw at Woodstock 99. I have no doubt that their brain was shoving in thoughts of boobs every five seconds and like wanting to touch them, but they were able to regulate. Mm -hmm. They were able to not be at risk of being kicked out of whatever our high school tribe was because they were acting like absolute monkeys like they were at the, in this documentary. So it's not in a completely direct comparison Well, can I just say one me. thing to that, though, is mm-hmm. that the level of PMS varies so greatly. I've had girlfriends who I never saw them have PMS mm-hmm. ever. And then I've had girlfriends that had debilitating mm-hmm. PMS. 
And I will say, sometimes there are a lot of people that have pretty debilitating PMS, but we, and this is probably because our culture does have all and does have a conversation about it, we are actually training ourselves to know those things ahead of time. This is when you will be crabby. So please remember, like we say that to each other, like, well, wait, you're complaining about your boyfriend. Can I ask you a question? Are you on your period? I don't know if boys have that conversation with each other. I don't think so. We are expected to also self-regulate. And if I acted like I wanted to, quote unquote, every time on my period, we would 100% not be married. Like I self-regulate and women do when they're period. Now, some people lose control 100%, but like what I saw in that documentary was like so far crazy. And also, if we're going to talk evolutionarily to bring up more than the period, our job, like we were talking this morning, our job is to like protect in a nurturing way. You know, mm-hmm. what goes into our bodies? Is everybody eating enough vegetables? Is everyone wearing a mask? Because we, I don't want my family to get corona. Our job is to nurture and gather. And if I were doing that with reckless abandon, I would be expected to regulate myself. If I were doing that with reckless abandon, you know what it would be called? Nagging. And nobody can be married to that. So I don't think it's terrible to ask guys to regulate themselves. We're all fighting something evolutionarily. This is my fear, and I think this is at the root of it. I think what you think I'm after is to excuse guys. That is not what I'm after at all. So you're not excused to be a raging asshole at work because you have PMS. 100%. But you have PMS, and right. we recognize it. So yes, this will never be an excuse for a boy groping someone, anything. But what would it cost us for us to acknowledge there's some chemical shit going on with these guys I totally agree. that make it incredibly hard for them to stay on the straight and narrow? And how might we help them? Mm-hmm. By saying uh, socialization should handle it, and if you fail, you're a shitty person, I don't think is that compassionate, and I don't know what we would lose by acknowledging that they might be wrestling for a few years with some chemistry that you're not familiar with. You want to be seen, and you want this problem to be seen, and I'm telling you, I'm seeing it. What I am saying is I do fight for a little socialization because the reason that I don't go bananas on my period is because I have been brought up with socialization that has told me you will feel bananas a couple days before your period. Don't scream at everyone, even though that is what you want to do. You can't do that. What is happening to you is in your brain chemistry and your hormones, and you have to know that it's like knowledge is power. I agree with you that we have to acknowledge the guys that maybe have more of that chemical makeup and give them a greater lesson in socialization of like, I know you're feeling this, but tools always help. Help. They help women who have really, really bad periods and get super aggro around their period. And I think they would help some of the guys that completely unleashed the most unbelievable behavior I've ever seen by a group of human beings it's in this totally documentary. It's totally vile and it's completely outmoded and it has no purpose in our current society. That's where I'm starting. Mm-hmm. When I watch the Woodstock documentary, I'm like, this is fucking dangerous. I'm surprised that's all that people that got hurt. Like, it's dangerous. It clearly. What I'm arguing for is like a two-prong approach. So we say, of course, nurture them to be different. Mm-hmm. But I don't think we need to build consensus about that. Everyone agrees we need to nurture boys no, differently. But you I'm keep now saying arguing, people who are saying socialization, socialization, it's right, not the that's thing. All I'm, no, I didn't say it's not the thing. I said we're not bringing in the biological side, which is let's acknowledge the deficit in nurture that they have, and let's be exploring ways to help the biology in addition to the nurture. Okay, and I agree with you. But here's something else that I'll add. Monica and I have had hundreds of conversations where she comes over when she's done with work or we're sitting down together and one of us starts complaining to a degree 
No, not about you. <laughs> to Some, a degree. Sometimes. Well, yeah. Let's say it's like Monica saying this complaint and this complaint and I'll go, well, those totally sound valid, but can I ask you a question? How far away from your period are you? Or she has said the exact same thing to me so that we put it in perspective for each other. And I am unaware if boys do that to each other. Right. Yeah, like keep each other kind in of accountable. Because we do. For but, some of the biological components. But also, what is your solution then? We can't just say there is none because we can't have no, no, guys I, acting like that. As you know, as you said. This whole conversation, let me be so clear. What was happening is despicable. That's why I brought it up. It's dangerous. I'm scared for everyone around. I'm scared for the boys within the mosh pit. I'm scared. Yes. How do we fix it? Agreed. That's, we want to yeah. know how to fix it too. Be a better boy. Be gentler. Be kinder. Be, well, they're going to fail at that. And then they're going to have shame, which was you just said to each other that you often will remind each other, is your period in three days? Mine's in three days. Maybe that's part of it. Mm -hmm. And that goes well, right? Guys can't say that to their girlfriends. Every guy knows this. You can't go, are you on your period? I think that's right. I think that's right. It is. Because it feels, it, it's like, did you take your full dose of medication? It's yeah. similar to that. Uh, guys can't say that to girls because they're not on the same team. Like mm -hmm. you guys are on the same I team. totally You have the agree. shared pain of it. So you can totally go, oh, I bet this. And, and the intention's a little different, right? Like if Kristen was being mean, mean, whatever, rude, crabby to me, to be honest, I probably wouldn't ask. I would just keep it in my head like, oh, maybe she's on her period or something. But if she's just in a sad place or a hard place or something and I'm trying to help her sort through it, mm -hmm. I might say like, oh my God, that sucks so much. Is it like, do you think, are you gonna start your period soon? Maybe it's chemical, mm -hmm. like you'd say it like that. But normally in relationships when that conversation is brought up, it's like, Oh. In a fight or in yeah, in a... Well, you think the guy's saying you're just acting crazy. Right. And that you don't have any foundational reason to be upset. And sometimes exactly. that is what the guy is saying. But wait, we're getting way, way off track here. <laughs> well, we're, we're not, though, because I want... can regulate each other, but we're asking what is the solution? Because why can't guys check each other like that? Why did When they get together, why does it go... Well, I am the person starting that. That's exactly what I'm trying to do over the last four years. So I am a person that's trying to talk to boys about the experience of being a boy and how do you define masculinity and still so but what was key about that moment in my opinion so in my anecdotal experience when i've asked girls if they were pmsing it didn't go well and i've seen girlfriends ask each other if they're pmsing and it goes fine and that is earned and warranted you have the shared pain of it it's just like an alcoholic asking me something versus a normie asking me something they're in my tribe so if they ask me something like When's the last time you've been to a meeting? They can ask that. They know. Yeah. If a civilian asked me when the last time I've been to it, I mean, what the fuck do you know about being an alcoholic? So I just want you to know that men have a similar feeling when you guys start telling us how our behavior is wrong. You're not us and you haven't lived the experience. So it's a little offensive in the same way that it's offensive. I say you're PMSing. Mm -hmm. I totally understand that point of view. And I think the only reason we are even vocalizing anything, certainly me, is 100% out of a fear. That documentary scared me to my core. And it's totally a fear that the only reason I would even comment on something that I know nothing about, that I am not that in-group it scared the shit out of me. It's like if you watch a documentary about periods and all the women burned all the children in the city, 
you would be like, that was not cool. Like it, it was yeah. scary. That's the reason that women do feel like they can have an opinion on it because they're normally the ones affected because they get raped or, you know, like it I directly affects, which is why there's this conversation. We might be doing a fucking great job with the shitty genetics we have. Let's just start there. That's an option. I'm not saying that it's true. And obviously we can reach perfection, but let's just start with maybe we are living in a civilization that is so different from what we were designed to live in that maybe culture and civilization thank God, is evolving to talking it out, compromise, solutions, nurturing, compassion, empathy. We don't need to solve problems the way we did. And so thank God we're heading that way. But in the process of heading that way, there's going to be some issues. Mm -hmm. And when I see that group of boys, you should feel scared. It's scary. I feel sad. I look at all those boys and I know what it's like to have the cauldron of emotions they have and there's no outlet. And we were talking last night, I was like, this is why like football is so cool because they can fake get this thing out. Like they were born to do this, to go to war, to all this shit and they can exercise it in a play manner. Mm -hmm. But what percentage of boys are in football? What percentage of boys are in soccer or some team sport where they can get that weird camaraderie they're supposed to get and show how dedicated they are to one another and loyal and sacrifice themselves? Like We might recognize through advances in biology that they have to have something like that. Mm -hmm. They have to have the equivalent of getting kicked out of the elephant troop. So I don't know if it's like some kind of nice conscription where you get to do something. I think we should assume that it's going to probably take more than just be a good boy. And when you're horny and rage filled and your natural instinct is to smash a television set, just don't be an asshole. Well, that I do a hundred percent agree with you. First of all, thank you for pointing out how it feels when girls say that and comparing it to the period thing. Cause I think that's totally relevant. I will say that like sometimes when I talk about it, I'm talking about our social contract. There are certain things that are acceptable and unacceptable. And here's the other reason why it's so scary and why we get a little flabbergasted when we talk about it. When women are on their period, they don't get together and decide what to rage about. That's what I'm saying. There's no threat of survival with PMS and there is a threat of survival around with a lot young of male rage. I think there is potentially a utopian future where we literally know all the metrics like, oh, civilization has gone this way. There was this level of aggression needed to protect, you know, whatever it is. That in 50 years, there is a medication that you take for six years that brings you to a level that allows you to cooperate with the agreed upon civilization. But like that might- that though? Because let me point out at something else. Like when girls are given something that reduces the symptoms of their period, they will clamor to get it. If you tell a guy, this is something that will lower your testosterone, it's not cool in your group yet you're, to do that. You're a thousand percent right. That's so why I said we in, well, that's why I said in 50 years. I don't think the medication that is a solution is like, you're not horny, you don't build muscle, you don't have any vigor for life. No, this is in 50 years. The pill that might eventually happen in 50 years, I think is cool, but the only way to get people on board is socialization, is to have a new group think. I wanna be so clear, I am pro the socialization. No, I know, yeah, I'm yeah. Not, I'm, but I'm saying, like, in order to get every guy on a page where they're gonna accept a pill like that, yeah. it requires a cultural shift. Oh, big time, yeah. big time. 
But I think you would look at it just like you could tell kids, hey, you can still go through puberty. You'll grow. You'll get hair. You'll get muscles and no pimples. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, yeah, no pimples. Yeah. So, yeah, if we get to the point where we can offer the kids, like, you're going to be a man. You'll be this. You'll be your full size. Blah, blah, blah. But you won't want to slug a stranger at a bar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I might take that. Yeah, I don't know. I think- and the more people who take this, your odds of getting slugged at the bar go down dramatically. It's a weird proposition even for me to make as someone Maybe who's kind of libertarian. Maybe handle it. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's the solution. Stay tuned for more Armchair Expert, if you dare. We are supported by Squarespace. Guys, we have a Squarespace website that's just gorgeous. That Wobby Wob, you uh, you built that yourself using all the templates, yeah? I sure did. Yeah, easy peasy? So easy. The best part about Squarespace is it's an all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. You can get discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools, and you can choose from professionally curated layouts and styling options with Squarespace Blueprint. Plus, you can kickstart or update written content on any website, product description, or email with Squarespace AI. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial and save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with the code DAX. We are supported by BetterHelp. Listen, I understand that sometimes you want to keep things to yourself, process your emotions in your own time. But if you keep everything bottled up, it can have some serious consequences. I have therapy on Saturday. I'm really looking forward to it. I had therapy this morning. Yeah, you did. Yeah, and it put me in the greatest mood. We had a long, big day, and I just felt much better for having you were, some... not to out you, you were a little grumpy going in. I was. I was. I was to be <laughs> Rob specific. and I received some texts Yeah, morning. I was locked out of my therapy setting, <laughs> which is this attic. <laughs> but then you felt much better after. I felt much better, and I even made some apologies. Um, talking things out can be so helpful, and if you want a safe space for that conversation, I recommend therapy. Check out BetterHelp if you've been thinking of trying therapy. It's entirely online, convenient, and flexible. It's also easy to get started. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for any reason for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash DAX today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash DAX. We are supported by ZipRecruiter. Are there some fantastic concerts coming to your city this summer? Mine too. In fact, Anderson Pack's playing at the Hollywood Bowl. I can't wait for Ooh, it. Ooh, that's exciting. If you want to be sure to see your favorite artist, you need to jump on it right away. I've already DM'd him saying, yes, I got to be in that front row. When you want the best, you have to act quickly or someone else will get it instead. It's like if you're hiring for your business, you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up. So what's the best way to do that? ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter finds qualified candidates fast. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash DAX. Got your eye on a rock star candidate? ZipRecruiter's invite to apply feature lets you cut the line. Once you review ZipRecruiter's list of the most qualified candidates for your job, you can easily invite your top choices to apply to encourage them to apply sooner. Amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash DAX. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash DAX. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. 
Can I ask you guys a couple questions? Yeah. Sure. I want to know your favorite thing about Monica. Physical or personality-wise? <laughs> Goodness. Uh, her competency. Thank you. I, I like that answer. And Monica, what is your favorite thing about Dax? Physical or... Monica. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite thing. So many things. Don't butter the bread. Just answer No, it. I got to think. I got to think. I got to answer it truthfully. Don't butter the bread. Also, you're always supposed to butter the bread. What are you talking about? <laughs> Side note, always butter the um, bread. I think your ability for introspection. I appreciate a lot. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And Monica, what is your favorite thing about yourself? My competency, perhaps. It's up there. Because here's a story. Recently, there's been a few work things that have not been great because of me. And it really messed with my identity of being a hard worker, of being really competent, of being the person who is always at the top of my game in that way. And I knew that about myself, but the lack of it really highlighted it. Like, oh, that's extremely important to me. Your competency to being the favorite thing. I think so. Dax, what's your favorite thing about yourself? I think that my willingness to question myself. Yeah, that's, that's pretty true. funny. People probably like people because they confirm their favorite thing. What? Like if my favorite thing about you was your gift giving. Mm-hmm. I do. I am you a good. She gives great gifts. But like That's why I said it was a real, it was a real skill. Brought in it like thoughtfulness or something. Niceness. Yeah, I don't care about that. It would be a barrier to our friendship because I don't even see the most valuable part of you mm. as defined by you. And perhaps you would sense that he wasn't recognizing your competency, which is like the top of your Christmas tree. That's true. For those who celebrate Christmas. Like you want to be seen as that, and this person can't confirm you that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. All right, so well, what is yours? your favorite? Yeah. I didn't come here to answer it. Who no, cares? No, because then we could do, then we, it. it's an we could get more data. Now. I'm tracking so many things right now, you guys. <sighs> What's your favorite thing about Monica, hon? Well, now she knows what to say. No, I don't. But, but I wouldn't describe it as competency, but perhaps it's a semantics argument because it's very, very related you as a friend and a business partner, you make the people around you feel safe. Mm. And it is safe in like, if we were ordering lunch and didn't bring our credit card, that you would have a solution to what we were going to do. Or like your problem solving skills, which I guess really is competency, to be honest. You are such a comfortable person to be around nice. because your problem solving skills it's just so safe mm. that's a lovely compliment what's your favorite thing about Kristen? her ass dax actually so, i'm sorry actually i mean yeah <laughs> thank you that's yeah. my favorite thing about me too. i know <laughs> i know that your warmth it's warmth but in a way that's like when i need an emotional support or I have a problem, I want to hear from you and I know I'll feel warm. Like I'm not going to ever get attacked. I think I actually know specifically what it is. Okay. Which I wouldn't have been able to guess until just now hearing you say that. I think you want to use the word instead of warmth, inclusion. Because I think the thing that makes you feel safe, because the thing you fear is exclusion. Mm -hmm. And the thing that makes you feel safe is inclusion. And she exudes inclusion. 
That is true. Like the, I mean, I, I mean, think that's some, a great when we, quality. When we talk about like the early beginnings of your guys' working relationship, oh, one thing that you told me many times is like, you know why Kristen is so amazing is because when she introduces me, she introduces me as her best friend. Yeah, external hard drive. Which then turned friend. into external hard drive. But just originally, it was just this is I was is trying my, to give her a little bit more my, academic credit. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, that was a good thing. Yes, yes. Because you were referring to me as, as your babysitter. Well, on okay, a I know, podcast, I know, I know, I know, I know, podcast, I know, I know. Yes, yes. But it was in contrast to that that I was like, oh, yeah, that's weird. I never feel that from her. I never feel a hierarchy. I don't believe yeah. in hierarchies. And you are incredibly inclusive. I mean, that's like one of your main things. The door's open. There's a billion people over all the time. And you're very, very <laughs> inc inclusive. It's more like when I have a void that she can normally fill it. Mm. And I do feel like that is safety. Also, she, she can provide. She something. really took care of you. Yeah, my For mom. a period of time. Yeah. And... Yeah, still I does. mean, in a way, really, that your only your parents would have, other than her. Yeah, and you know what? In the ways that they didn't. Uh huh. Uh huh. Right. Interesting. Right. What a wonderful thing to like about you. Yeah, it makes me really happy. Yeah, but it is really similar to safety. That's so crazy. And so I'm gonna make wow. you wait to say what your favorite thing is, but because that feels like it makes the most sense in this scenario. You tell her. Okay. Don't say RCA. What's that? <laughs> Reverse cowgirl oh. anal. Oh, what? <laughs> she, went, she went right to the fucking Whoa. gutter. Um, mine is really hard to articulate. I don't know how to put it in words, but I'm a cynic to the core, and you were so positive that even I couldn't punch a hole in it. And I witnessed the crazy consequences of it or benefits of it or rewards of it and was able to learn i was wrong by watching you like that's a crazy gift to give somebody mm -hmm. it changed my worldview. i don't know what quality that is but that is it <laughs> that's the quality impenetrable optimism yeah or i want to say like benefit of the doubt but really it's just kindness that you give everyone the benefit of kindness and i do not and i've never seen anyone do it to such a degree i mean it annoys me sometimes as you know but the benefit of kindness is pretty crazy thanks what's your favorite thing about yourself no about dax we haven't done that yet uh oh. funny enough it is a fierce moral inventory but it's a little bit more than that your ability to self-assess and pivot but it's also an addiction to evolving where you are very hell-bent on opinions you have, but it's not a stake in the ground that can't change without new information. And I think that's because you're, in similar to what Monica said, it is really your ability to, how did you phrase it? Introspection. Yeah, introspection. And... Also, what is very attractive to me about you is that you have, as of recently, allowed that introspection to be pointed at other people in our lives. Like, you're able to assess in a situation when one of your buddies asks you for advice, you're able to go, oh, I know this time when I had to go through this, and you say it out loud to them, and it changes their point of view for the better. 
or uh, exposes them to something because certainly your goal is never to change anyone. But yeah, introspection and addiction to getting better and evolving all the time. You just surrounded yourself with people who would tell you you were introspective. Now we need to know what your favorite thing about yourself is because we'll see if Monica and I are confirming it for you. Well, I'll tell you that you are. I like that I can be an emotional chameleon with people. I can very easily in my guts without even any like brain function assess what they need in that moment and meet it. Whether it's like Ryan who comes over and he needs like us to be party pumping or it's Amy and because she works so hard for everyone, no one has asked her about her day in five days. In five years. In five years. (laughs) Or whether it's seeing you not feel safe and destabilized and knowing my job here is to stabilize or falling in love with an absolute pessimist that thinks about the worst case scenario every single time and going, oh, I just have to keep presenting the best case scenario because I'm going to be right sometimes. And he's going to see the data because he likes data. Like being able to be an emotional chameleon that meets people where they are is my favorite thing about myself. Yeah, mm. that encompasses all, th- all of these things. One cool thing is if you have a kid with somebody, you can stumble into knowing more about them. Or even you, you've been around since Delta was born. Mm-hmm. Like to see Delta and then to connect how similar she mm. and Kristen are. Mm-hmm. And then that informs something about Kristen I actually never knew or a piece I didn't have. Yeah. Yeah. Like just looking at Delta move through the world yeah. is such a specific thing that has got to have some predictable outcome. That's kind of fun. Has that happened to you with me and either of the kids? Yes, because I have noticed that the one who I think is like you, there was a phase where she was watching a lot of sitcoms and she entered every room like Kramer and it was driving me bananas because I was mumbling, I know we shouldn't have let her watch so many sitcoms because now she has a false sense of what comedy it is and everything is a goddamn banana peel and that is not the sensibility I wanted to have. We should have started her on Seinfeld and Dax said- Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec. And Dax said, I tried a lot of comedy bits before I found any sensibility that worked. And just the past couple days, she's got me with a couple real zingers that have been really, really good. She's figuring it out. She's figuring it out. And so I guess I would say in that respect, and also when I see how she can operate a machine, whether it's a blender, the oven, a motorcycle, a quad, (laughs) a drill, I can't believe that she fuses with it like you do. And all of a sudden it is just part of her arm. She understands uh, mechanics to a degree that I don't. I was telling Kristen, I was watching Lincoln last night ride her motorcycle between my two favorite cars, and it was too tight. I had already asked her to just park it elsewhere. Yeah. But she went anyways, and I was watching her go in between my two cars, and I swear to God I had this thought, like, this fucking bitch is going to make it. Like, I have more belief in her abilities than my own. I'm like, I've been watching this kid for eight years and she doesn't she? fall. She went through wow. with like an it's inch amazing. on either side. She's and, incredibly and it made her adept. better yeah. knowing I was watching her with doubt. It made her do it. It was crazy. She's a winner's heart. Yeah, it was pretty wild. I loved it. <laughs> okay. Speaking of children, we have a game show. 
We have a baby, a new baby. We have a new baby. That's right. And why do we have a game show? Let's start there. Well, because there was a producing team that we love that has for a while been asking us to do a game show. Mm. We've considered it, and when we were on Ellen and did Taste Buds and did some of the best comedy of our entire careers unintentionally, (laughs) which is really just how we act towards each other all the time. Unintentionally. For people who haven't seen Taste Buds, we're both blindfolded. I'm putting my mouth in things, and then I have to explain to her what I'm tasting, and vice versa. Mm -hmm. And it just went so poorly. So sideways. It's hilarious. We're screaming at each other. Yeah. You're taking your wedding ring off. We're like, yeah. It was bad. And it was, you're right, (laughs) it's the funniest thing I've ever done, and it was not intentional. And so then we thought, okay, maybe we'll host a game show because we like working together. Mm -hmm. But- it fell upon all of us to go, but we got to play the games. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you nor I want to sit and watch people do the things we want to do. And so we made Family Game Fight, and it got picked up by NBC. We shot 10 episodes, uh-huh. and it was the hardest job <laughs> either of us have ever had because somehow we agreed to play a game called brain freeze uh, well back up I, I really want that to sing it so you've been doing this for like 23 years mm-hmm. and i've been doing it for almost 20 years and i've been in adventure movies where you jump off cliffs and ice cold water we made our own movie for a million dollars which is impossible in the middle of the desert so hot 18 hour day mm-hmm. i shot bad mom's christmas in new orleans in august where we were all in parkas <laughs> and turtlenecks and oh, hats. Yeah, christmas it movie was and 99 all. degrees outside i mean we've been through we've had the our, ringer yeah we got home from our first day <laughs> our first day of work day one of five we get home and we get in the bedroom and i go well that is the hardest day i've ever had at work and Kristen goes, oh, my God, that's the exact same thing I was going to say. And it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. Four more of these. We canceled the day. <gasps> I mean, it was, uh, yeah. And to bring us to some of the commitments we made that we won't make in the future. So, God, watch this first season because you won't see this game again. It's called Brain Freeze where we you have to answer questions. And if you get it wrong, you and all your teammates get an ice bucket, a, a lot of ice. Like it comes out of a tube. Not like a like a yeah, like four a huge amount yeah dumped that, on your head and, and down in, in your a pants hose yeah snaking down your shirt so There's you make sure you're getting your butt, butt crack and your cheeks and your butt and you get three wrong guesses before you're out so we played with six different families so eighteen times eighteen times we got multiple buckets of ice dumped down our clothes mm-hmm. and our head in between this we would have to after we got. Three dumpings. Three dumpings, three wrong. We'd then have to, because we were on such a tight schedule, run up two flights of stairs, because that's where our green room was. Where was the green room, Monica? Oh, shit. It was... That's the headline of this fucking thing. Jen Ann and Courtney's dressing rooms. From Friends. We shot on the Friends stage. Friends stage, their dressing rooms. Lots of sex with Brad Pitt was had in there. Yeah. So much. It was so exciting. So much Pitt Pitt stuff everywhere. We thought a lot about the corners of that dressing room. Uh But we we had to run up the stairs, blow dry our hair, change our outfits, re-mic ourselves, run back down. (laughs) (laughs) We were so crazy. That went till 1.30 in the morning. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We started at 7 (laughs) a.m. 
<laughs> yeah, went till 1.30 in the morning, and the last three hours was getting ice dumped on her head. And we were like, how did we get ourselves in this situation? <laughs> oh, my God. And then intermittently with that are like these games that were so fun to play. Oh, my God. We'd play them 18 times in a row, and we would be like, fuck, I want to play this more and more. I mean, the pie in the face one, we just pie every rollers. Time, yeah, pie it's rollers. wonderful because we get to bet against each other and we have mm. to give clues. Look, and we've watched some cuts now. Oh my god, it it's is. fun. It is. It's it's a fun game show, <laughs> and we are in it to win it. It's like if you videotaped a game night at our house. Yeah, yeah. We are not holding back. No, 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 no. Then that ultimately was why we chose to do it because, like, we kind of like when things feel organic and authentic, and that's why we show people silly videos of us at our house together that are very real or talk about when we fight. And we were like, yeah, this wouldn't necessarily be like taking a, a game show hosting job. This would be, like, exactly what we want to do. It would feel authentic and... The cool thing is we get two families per episode we're each fighting for on the team of a different family and we're trying to get our team $100,000. So at the end of the show, we get to give money away, which is great. As hard as it was, if people watch it and we get more episodes ordered, I would absolutely do it again. Yeah, last Friday of shooting, we got home and even though the week was what it was, I was like, I would love to do tons more Me of these. Me too. I yeah. hope it runs for like 10 years. Wouldn't that be so fun? <laughs> yes, yes. And we didn't really fight. No, 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 no. We get asked always in interviews, like, why do we like working together? And I think what's so great about it is you have this huge skill set. Like, you're so good with the whole thing. And so because half the job's mine, to know that your partner in it is so competent and so skilled, and for that skill and shininess to benefit you... I think that's hard to get in a relationship. Yeah. I mean, it's just so special sure. to get to be the benefactor of your partner's skill set. I think that's rare. Yeah, that's true. You know, when you started this point, I was ready to argue with you and be like, oh, I just like spending time with you and having fun. But that sim oversimplifies it because, yeah, there were definitely moments where you know that our job is to not just play fun games, but we're playing for five people that we want to introduce to an audience of the people watching this television show mm -hmm. and figure out within two minutes how to get the audience to care that they win $100,000. And you're so good at that with like banter and improv. And so I knew that I could pass the ball to you at any time. And then ultimately, I think we made a pretty good show. Yeah. What it is, is for anyone who's been together for over a decade to put together five straight days where you're consciously grateful for your partner. I don't know. I don't know how often that happens. It's never happened to you before. <laughs> I don't know that it's ever happened. <laughs> I'm just saying, for five solid days in a row, you have like immense gratitude for your partner. Every time we made eye contact, we were both saying, oh my God, thank God you're in this with yes, me. Yes, thank God you're here. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really nice part. The show's called Family Game Fight. Yeah. Not an easy title to say. No, it sounded it looked around good on, a lot of names. It looks good on paper. It looks good on paper, and then when you go to say it, it's not as easy. It took me a few runs at it. You know what I got out of it? What? Tell me. A date. That's <gasps> right. That's right. Yeah, that a was good exciting. Date too. Yeah, going on another one. Yeah. Why didn't you tell me that? It just happened. Oh. <laughs> it just got scheduled. Mm. Um. Yeah, so that's, so that's nice. that happened too. That's a nice Benny. That's a nice, nice thing. Yeah. I think also one thing for you guys that's fun, I'm sure, is it's just like hot to see 
someone you like in their element. Mm. And you guys are really both in your elements mm-hmm. there, big time. Yeah, it's like if your partner's a rock star and you see them. Like you don't really get to see your partner at work, mostly. Yeah. Like yeah. Most partners don't. I have an accountant friend. Her husband isn't like watching her do accounting stuff. On it's like, wow. Right. She is on a tanky, yeah. And oh, they, wow. they're not like, oh my God. They don't just get to God, see. add so okay, much. How much. Well, I would be very impressed by that. Mm. That's why professors are hot. They're in their element. Yeah, that's right. Family Game Fight. Oh, it comes out nice. You said it. Hit me with it. Family Game Fight. Mm, family Game Fight. So the first episode aired last night after the closing ceremony of the Olympics. I hope people kept their televisions on to watch. And the rest of the episodes you can catch Wednesdays at 9, 8 central on NBC. I love you guys. That went everywhere. It, it always all does. the topics. All the topics. It always does. Family Game Fight Wednesdays on NBC. Good job, buddy. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, brother. Love you guys. Love you. Bye. Stay tuned for more Armchair Expert, if you dare. We are supported by Taco Bell. Oh, man. We often do two recordings a day, and we have this little nice lunch break that we enjoy, and we're always craving something really yummy. Yes, something fresh, something high quality, something like the all-new Cantina chicken menu from Taco Bell, which is Mm. exactly that. Mm. It's so yummy. It has slow-roasted chicken, the pico, that purple cabbage, and an avocado verde salsa sauce. Oh, delicious. Outrageous. The new Cantina Chicken Tacos, Burrito, and Quesadilla are the perfect daytime choice. Try the new Cantina Chicken menu at Taco Bell now. If you listen for a while, AG1 shouldn't be new to you. What's not new to me, I've been a fan for over six years. I have it every morning. I had it this morning. But if you haven't tried it yet, seriously, it's such an easy way to improve your health. It replaces multiple health supplements like multivitamins, digestive aids, immune support, and more in just one simple scoop. In 60 seconds... I know I'm covering my nutritional bases and setting myself up for success to tackle the day. And for how simple it is, it's crazy what a difference it makes. It's full of prebiotics for my gut, vitamin B to keep my energy up, magnesium for my stress levels. I could keep listing ingredients and benefits all day, but you just need to know it works. So I've partnered with AG1 for so long because they make such a high quality product that I genuinely look forward to drinking every day. If you want to find out your newest healthy habit, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase at drinkag1.com dax. That's drinkag1.com dax. Check it out. We are supported by New Balance. Whether you're going for your first ever jog around the park, getting ready for a marathon, or even picking up the pace on the last stretch before you get home. If you run, you're a runner. Whether you need shoes for comfort, stability, or race day speed, they've got you covered. Because the only right way to run is your way. New Balance. Run your way. Visit newbalance.com running to learn more. And now my favorite part of the show, the fact check with my soulmate, Monica Padman. Alert! It's a big, big day. Nirmala and Ashok will be here within hours. That's right. Imminent. Man, their arrival is imminent. (laughs) Yeah, I'm excited to see them. They haven't been here in two years. Right. 
In fact, we were just kind of figuring out that math because we showed your father, I think you should leave season one. That's right. That's when we were hot on the first season. Mm-hmm. By the way, if you haven't watched Think You Should Leave, it's the funniest sketch show in America. It's on Netflix. Tim Robinson is, he's like the David Bowie of comedy. Yeah. Like he's on another planet. <laughs> it's really fun to watch. It really, really, really is. Tim Robinson was like, Robin's right. <laughs> oh, <laughs> fucking God. I think it's I, Tim in, Robinson. In some ways, I have the right job, and in other ways, I really have the wrong job because <laughs> I fucking amount to lunch on everyone's name. Oh, my God. Okay, so anyway, my parents are coming. Yeah, they're coming, and you've planned a really, really fun visit for them. I just want to applaud you publicly. Thank You're you. taking them to Santa Barbara That's because right. they at one time told you that Santa Barbara reminds them a ton of Kerala. That's right. Of all the places in the U.S., they felt like maybe that was the place that most reminded them of home. Of India, yeah. I mean, the thing is, it's not really fair for me to judge that hard because I have no connect. You know, I don't know what it looks like there. Normal. Kerala. I mean. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, wow. Wow, 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 Do you think I'm having a stroke? <laughs> you might be. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> the way I remember Kerala is by saying Nirmala. That's why I did that. Oh, yeah. Because I always sense. like, I draw a blank on Kerala, but then I say Nirmala, and then for some reason that gets me to Kerala. Yeah, it makes yeah, sense. Okay. I like that. But anyway. But you've been to Kerala. When I was four. Oh, okay. So I have no memory. Okay. But it is a beachy town. Yeah. Which is extra surprising why my parents don't like swimming. Yeah. <laughs> and also, um, hmm, I'm going to tread lightly here. Okay. I don't want to be offensive. Okay. But when I hear about people, well, I'll just say it exactly honest, and you can tell me if it's terrible. When I think about people leaving like Bombay or Delhi, I'm like, yeah, I bet they want to get out of here. Get to America. It's, it's we got some space. You yeah. Know, whatever. Uh, but when I think of if they lived in Santa Barbara, then it, it then I really recognize why you come here, which is like opportunity. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah I see the, the fine line because you're basically saying like, well, some parts of it are just shit. Uh, well, not, not <laughs> shit. Uh, oppressive in the amount of people. And again, that's from my naive realism perspective of I would be uncomfortable around that densely populated. Yes, that's true. I mean, it is incredibly populated. Like even New York is is like the most thrilling, energizing place in the world. And after three weeks, I'm like, that's a lot of people. It's a lot of energy output. Yeah. I, I agree. Need, I need a little more space. Okay. I have so much to say and we're running out of time. Okay. I just realized I have so much to say. Yeah. Which is my fault. I'll just own it. I have a, an impending Zoom call. That's fine. Okay. About um, diapers. So something happened yesterday. I had valeted uh, at the Four Seasons. Uh-huh. And I already feel self-conscious at the Four Seasons. Yeah, <laughs> like I, yeah. You feel like an imposter. Yes. Yeah. I like, I don't belong there. Who are all you these people? You look too young. Well, yes. And I was wearing a dress that I guess made me look a little young. You look like a kid a little bit. I had met you earlier <laughs> on your way there to get a new tire. Yep. Shout out to John at American Tire. He's Shout my out. favorite guy. The personalized service. It was lovely. For, you start by introducing you to John. John, this... And I remember panicking that I was going to forget your name when that, that was happening. What? Isn't that crazy? Wait, are you serious? Yeah. But just the act of going, John, I want you to meet my friend. Once I start saying, I want you to meet my friend, I immediately, it's like Pavlovian. I start getting anxiety. I'm going to forget the name. And I literally was this even having it with you. And I was like, oh, good. It's just, it's just anxiety. 
Wow. I know your name. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> well, I mean, I got it out just fine. You, you did. Heard, but I, I did have that little moment of like, oh my God, I'm going to forget Monica's name because I said I want you to meet my friend. Oh my God. I wonder how I would have reacted if you literally forgot my name. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I would hope you would recognize it. it had nothing to do with you. I mean, I know your name. Wow, that's really interesting. You don't you get have that. that level of anxiety around names. names. Yeah. Oh, that makes me feel sad. Oh God, it happened the other day. Like, um, for you, someone stopped by, and the whole pod was over. Mm-hmm. And I had to, I had to go introduce eleven people. Okay. And the whole time, I was like, I'm, I can't. I'm not going to make it through this. Oh wow! And these are like the closest the clo- people know, in your life. Yes, I know their middle names in most cases. I just. I'm so afraid of of doing that, oh, that man that I start um psyching myself out. I'm like a tennis player in a finals match or something. Anywho. This seems like something we gotta work through. Great care. Really great care we got from John great over care. at the tire place. That's right. We're running out of time. You showed up, you had on a dress, and you had combat boots on. So yeah, you looked like um a college freshman. <gasps> in a great way. Okay. Oh boy. All right. Well, well, you brought up the dress. Yeah, but not like it was very youthful. It's v- very youthful, but I wouldn't say a college like a college freshman is too um, pimply. No, <laughs> no, oh, <okay>. it's. T- <laughs> <laughs> it's too, I still had pimples as a freshman. <laughs> it's too <laughs> real. Yeah, like if you had said you look like a second grader, that's, that's better. So far removed. That exactly. It's, yeah, okay. Okay, you look like so, a second grader. Thank you. Yeah. Um, anywho, I went to the Four Seasons and then I went to get my car and the guy was like, it was a different guy who I gave my ticket to. He said, Mercedes. And I came up and he was like, is this yours? Oh. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and and uh, I was like, yeah. And then I kind of got in my head, I was like, wait, is it? Like maybe there's another Mercedes. Right. There's a, There are a dime a dozen in Beverly Hills. Exactly. So yeah. then I like went and was like looking and I was oh, like, God. oh yeah, that's fine. Uh, and he was like, uh, do you have your ticket? Uh-huh. And I was like, no, the guy has my ticket. Right. That you gave it to, to have it pulled up. Yes. And, and I was like, this is my car. And I was like, do you want me to get my ticket? <laughs> and he was like, yeah. <laughs> He said, yeah. Yeah. So then I oh, went back to the guy and oh, wow. I was like, hey, that guy doesn't believe that that's my car. I need my ticket. <laughs> and he said, oh, I'm really sorry. And then he gave me the ticket. So I could see where for you that would trigger you. And mm-hmm. for me, that would confirm my greatest desire. I want to be thought of as white trash. And then sure. here's the joke. I have a sweet car. That's my identity. I don't, when a Mercedes pulls up, I don't want you to think that's my car. In fact, I hate that you would think that. Yeah. I mean, of course that adds up to all your stuff. And you're a brown woman young. Not getting taken seriously. Yes. So it's like a totally 180. Yeah. But same situation. Yeah. But I would be like, I know, can you believe it, brother? (laughs) If he's like, is this really your car? I'd be like, I know, can you believe it? I can barely believe it too. See you later. (laughs) Here's a hundred bucks. <laughs> okay, so that that I have some guilt about that. Okay, you didn't tip them. Yeah, because I was like, Pissed, you don't, yeah. you can't do that and then get a tip. Right. And I, I think I stand by that. But yeah. I, of course, got in my car and I was like, 
I just should have been the bigger person and given him a tip. This happens to me, as you know, when I order food, which is sometimes I'm out in the front yard for fucking 16 minutes while they try to find their way five houses over. Yeah. And by the time they get there, I'm like, you don't deserve <laughs> a tip. And then, and then I do it anyways, because I just know it'll bother me more. Yes. I'm like, you know what? This is unjust, but I'm going to do it. Well, to me with that, I, I can totally overlook like some level of incompetence. Like if somebody yeah. just isn't doing a great job, but they're trying, that's, you know, I'm but like- if someone evaluated your status- and they made it right. low. <laughs> it's and kind of offensive. I just, I found it very offensive. And I was like, yeah. you can't do that and then expect a, a tip. And I don't think he did expect a tip because he had made a big blunder. What if he gave you a tip? Hey, here's five bucks, man. I'm fucking, I blew that. I blew that. You know, I was just trying to protect. I don't know. I thought maybe. Uh, I also get it. Like, you know, if somebody takes somebody's car in these scenarios, that's this awful. Guy's out of a job, probably. Yes, but then maybe then you ask everyone for their ticket. No oh. one else was getting asked for their tickets. I saw. Right. So you can have a safeguard in there that just everyone has to have their ticket with them. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And I guess I looked like a college freshman <laughs> without the pimple. <laughs> what if he said, "God, you have great skin for a freshman." <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that was my my week. Uh-huh, in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah. That one exchange. Oh, my God. What? It's 11.51. I know. Shit. Okay. All right. Well, we, we don't have to. Oh, we're Just panicked. Look, guys, we're panicked, and we don't have time to do this right. <laughs> I have one fact. Something I really need to bring up while you're looking this up. I got to be dead clear. I ended up finding the present that Spotify sent me. Exactly. They did send me a, a present. And I'll tell you why I didn't open it. There was a box sitting downstairs that said, from Rob Hollis and to like, Dak Shepard. Oh. So I assumed it was like an armchair thing, if right. that makes sense. I thought it was like some samples of a toothbrush we might talk about or oh, something. Oh, right. So I just didn't open it. And then yesterday I was like, I'm going to open this up and see what it was. And by God, it was a fucking gorgeous leather jacket from Spotify. They nailed it. Yes. They fucking nailed it. Whoever's picking out gifts over there. I know. Do you think they have a department? Because those are too good. Like yours, Rob's, and I, mine. Yeah, they are listening. They care. I love them. Yeah, I do too. I really They're really do. wonderful. Okay, here's my only fact. We okay. got to get it out. Okay. Have avalanches been below negative 200? <laughs> that was a question. Well, because I said... In an avalanche, if you start crying or spitting, doesn't it just freeze automatically? Oh, and right. Kristen said, well, it's not like negative 200. Oh, correct. She said, there's never been an avalanche negative 200. Would that be, that would be 76 on the Calvin scale, maybe? Was Calvin negative 276 or something like that? I don't know. Okay. That. Anyways, I'm, I'm, blow, I'm slowing us down. I had always grown up in Michigan hearing that snow is actually great insulation. So when it would like drift up over your windows and stuff downstairs, uh -huh. it actually becomes insulation. Oh, wow. I don't think that works in an avalanche. Well, I think you are covered. You're surrounded by um, snow yeah. and your body temp can, it's almost like wearing a wetsuit. I think. Really? Yeah, I think it's more insulating than you would think. It's better than being in fact, they even tell you sometimes if you're like out in the middle of nowhere and you're stranded to bury yourself in snow. I think that's a thing they tell you. All right, everyone, please don't do no, any of look this. That up we don't know you, yet. Yeah. 
Also, don't get lost wandering through the snow. Let's start there. This says negative five and negative 10 degrees Celsius. Is what it is inside of an avalanche? Yeah. I think we can confirm it's not negative 200. I don't think we've ever <laughs> recorded negative 200 on planet Earth. Okay, statistics show that 93% of avalanche victims can be recovered alive if they're dug out within the first 15 minutes. But then the numbers drop catastrophically. After 45 minutes, only 20 to 30% are still alive. And after two hours, almost no one is alive. Oh my gosh. Ooh, this is horrifying. Ooh, that is horrifying. Still a good tip we gave. About the spinning. Yeah. Okay, let me see the um, coldest recorded temperature ever, just real quick. Okay. The Earth's lowest temperature was recorded at the Vostok Station, operated by Russia. This is 1983. Negative 128.6 degrees. Holy shit. Yeah. I didn't think it ever got that cold. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Do you remember Calvin at all? Calvin scale? Yeah. Because I want to say zero Calvin, <laughs> which is like negative 276 or something like that. Is when all molecules stop moving, when the atoms stop moving. Oh, you want me to look it up? Because I think really, um, and I could be wrong, I'm not a physics uh, major, as everyone knows, I'm an anthropology major. Um, I want to say, you know, temperature is really just a measure of how fast atoms are moving. Okay, Kelvin scale. I'm saying Calvin, and it's yeah, Kelvin. So right. right out of the gates. <laughs> so that's with a K E L V I N. That's right. Okay. What does it measure? What? Why does the Kelvin scale start at 273? Oh, it's close. It's because the temperature difference between the boiling and freezing points is 2.7315 times smaller than the temperature difference between the minimum allowed temperature, the absolute zero, and the freezing point of water. Yeah, so absolute zero, I think, is it can't go lower than that because all the atoms stop moving. Okay. I am so bad at physics, uh -huh. and none of these words make sense to me. Okay, but just really quick, um, let's take a, um, a quart of water. Okay. When you measure it at, and it's 60 degrees, what you're really getting is really what the speed of the atoms bouncing against each other are. And as that goes up and the friction increases, then the temperature rises. Mm -hmm. So it's perfectly correlated with the speed at which everything's moving in there. Right. So I think at Calvin, uh, absolute zero, nothing moves. Cool. Kelvin scale. Kelvin. I thought you were talking about that uh, sexual scale. Uh, oh, the Kinsey, Kinsey scale. Yeah, yeah, which we decided I was a six on or something. I forget. We did. We tried to figure out like what's the moment the before you want to touch a penis. Like I want to see a penis and I want to <laughs> laugh at a penis and poke at it. Well, no, <laughs> I don't want... I don't want to poke at it. Yeah. I want to point at it. Right. I don't want to poke at it. You don't want to touch. You don't I don't want to, want to touch contact. it. I don't want to make contact with it at all. Right. Which, what a thin barrier for me. Yeah, but you that's had where a we're sexual at. trauma. Well, that's true. That's true. I mean, seriously. That's true. And I'm, just, no, I'm not sexually attracted to penis. I'm like... Um, You're baffled by them. <laughs> they're so funny, man. Yeah. Oh, my God. We found a video of a man running a long-distance race, and his entire penis and testicles are out of the Completely side. Completely out. They're out. I mean, every every bit of it. And the best part of it, besides how funny the penis and balls look bouncing around as the man runs, is just the clear decision that this person made. Like, yeah, they're fucking out. Everyone can see them. I don't give a shit. I, I'm about winning this race. It was kind of cool. I just remember there's another fact about the elephants, but we don't have time. Tell me. Um, I have to look it up, so we don't have time. Okay, I what just was remembered the fact? that you were talking about elephants, and I wanted to do some research about the elephants getting kicked out of the tribe. Oh, oh, oh yes, the adolescent males. Yes, and yeah. that's going to be a longer conversation, so we'll pick that up next time. Yeah, and you can rest assured that one's real. 
Oh, I no, I believe you. Oh, I just okay. wanted to like deep dive. Yeah, yeah, on yeah, it. yeah, yeah. That would have been a good deep dive. But let's do it on the next one. Okay. All right. Um, welcome to Los Angeles, Ashoka and Nirmala. So excited from you're Kerala. Here. From Kerala. <laughs> Nirmala from Kerala. All right. Love you. Love you. are supported by Intuit, the technology platform that builds your financial confidence. There's some things that school doesn't really teach you, like how to handle the financial world. I mean, look, I did 16 years of school and I didn't have a single class on accruing debt or a hole that that puts you yeah, on. Yeah, they don't teach you that. No effort made whatsoever. If you want more financial knowledge, now is a great time to learn with Intuit for Education program. It has free, easy-to-use resources, like getting a car loan with Credit Karma simulations, understanding taxes with TurboTax lessons, and even learning to run a business with QuickBooks simulations. Check out Intuit's free resources today at Intuit.com education. Intuit, that's I-N-T-U-I-T dot com slash education.